listening to Show Up, Stand Out, an online visibility show where we discuss how you can become more visible using social media and beyond, attract your perfect clients, and create more free time in your business and in your life so your dreams can finally become your reality. Strategies, mindset, interviews, opportunities, and lots and lots of actionable tips brought to you by your go-to online visibility strategist and your host, Juliette Stapleton. Hi guys, welcome back to Show Up Stand Out uh, with your host Juliette Stapleton. Uh, I'm a visibility that sells strategist. My guest today, you're gonna absolutely love. Let me introduce you to Paul Pavolny. And Paul calls, calls himself the brand mentor. He is a visual brand strategist, and he is helping his business owners, his clients, attract their ideal clients and set set themselves apart from their competition through clarity in what they say and creativity in what they do. And it's so also aligned guys we're going to talk about creativity we're going to talk about branding so I love this is my one of my favorite um, topics to talk Paul welcome to the show hey thank you Juliet great to be here thanks for the invite tell me because you know you uh, how did you get into the being a brand mentor and how how did you come across this whole world of branding yourself well, it's, it's kind of interesting, actually. I was, I was always creative growing up. Um, I, I was always doodling. I was always, you know, instead of paying attention to the teacher, I was doodling stuff on my papers and whatever. And I loved art and loved creativity, but I was never really good at drawing. I was never really good at art. I was never good at sculpture. I was never good at pottery. And so for, the, for a long time, I, I loved it, but I was never really that great at it. It wasn't until high school that I had an art teacher that suggested I look into graphic art. And I was like, what's graphic art? And so I went to a, like an apprenticeship. Part of that, the high school training was to go and just um, spend a, a week with somebody in the industry you wanted to go in. And so I went to a, a graphic design agency, a marketing agency, and I saw what they were doing. And I'm like, this is what I love. You know, it's not me drawing the pictures. It's me using other people's pictures and me hiring people to do pictures. And, you know, it's me hiring photographers. It's not me having to do it. And so that really, for me, was the moment that I realized, okay, I'm not a artist in the form of creating drawings and creating sculptures. I'm actually more of a critical strategic artist. You know, I'm, I'm more into what, you know, having purpose to it. You know, I, I overanalyzed it as a drawing and, and whatever. And so that really kind of set my path to becoming a graphic designer um, from the get-go. I went to college for it. Um, my first job out of college was in, as an art director um, at a large publishing company doing stuff for international uh, clients and international needs. Um, and just, I've been doing that for the last 26 years. I've been doing branding and graphic design. It's been my entire career. Now I've done odd jobs you know, before I got into college and stuff, but pretty much professionally for 20, 26 years, I've been doing branding and design, um, but mostly uh, focused around, uh, you know, logos and visual identity. I'm, I'm so glad that um, you described the story as you, you realized that you, you were not really an artist and you were a graphic designer because a lot of people make a big mistake when they, when they choose to work with artists on their graphic design. Right. And I think it's important, guys, listen, listen to it. 
art is subjective you know sculpture drawing it's subjective it's always through the eyes of creator graphic mm -hmm. design is about clarity and messaging and right. it's a huge huge mistake and i see people over and over turning to wrong people for the brand identity where there is absolutely no understanding what it is and so you know people like paul um, are the experts that that you really should should listen to because it's not all about just how it looks it's about messaging and and clarity you know this is this right. is why when i introduced paul i said he helps uh, attract ideal clients and, and and helps understand who they are and how to how to attract them um mm -hmm. although today i want to talk about still about creativity because you you still have to be very very creative and you're working with visuals you're working with all these elements to create this story to create because brand is really about perception experience perception and, and story and, and first impressions and all right. these kind of things right. and i know that you have a really interesting way um when and guys you probably can relate sometimes we all feel a bit stuck right no not creative in the limbo we don't know you know how to express right. ourselves so how can how can one creatively get unstuck well, you know, one of the things that, you know, with my career being in uh, as a graphic designer, as a, a problem solver, uh, when it comes to creativity, what would happen a lot of times is I'd get pulled into um, board meetings and corporate meetings uh, in, the, in, the, in the company I was with. They'd be like, okay, we're going to do a brainstorming session. And so we'd go into this brainstorming session and they'd have Play-Doh and clay and markers and hats and whiteboards and post-it notes and all these things. And it's like, all right, everybody, we're going to brainstorm. And people would just kind of sit there and they'd be like, you know, playing on their phones or playing on their computers, playing solitaire instead of actually, you know, doing any research, which they kind of pretended they were doing. And we'd come out of that meeting um, just like without hardly any ideas. And so I kind of went on this search for myself to see like, can you actually help people be creative that are not creative? Like, is that even a possibility? Like people that don't consider themselves creative, is there a way to help them solve problems creatively? And so I kind of went on this journey myself and I have a bunch of books. This is kind of my fortress of solitude here. And I love books. And so I started doing research and reading about creative minds and creative problem solving. And I realized that sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right catalysts to prompt creative problem solving. It's not that you're not creative. It's just that that connection between the problem and the solution, you kind of feel stuck in this place of what do I do next? What's my next thought? What's my, how do I get to where I want to go from here? And so I, I've developed a couple of different brainstorming techniques over the years. Um, and one of them, my, my major one that I talk about quite a bit is called head smack. Um, the idea of, oh my goodness, you know, I, I, that's such an obvious answer. And so it's, it's more of a workshop uh, more of a, a long, longer uh, discussion. But the other one that I came up with uh, when I was working with some publishers is what I call RenewDo. And so um, RenewDo is basically um, the four prompts to help you solve problems creatively. And so uh, RenewDo, it kind of is, the, the word RenewDo is a made up word that I just made up. Um, but it's starting off with, um, okay, what can you um, do new? You know, if you're trying to, um, you know, you're kind of stuck and you're trying to solve either a problem or a process or a product, you know, what can you do new that you haven't done before? And maybe that, maybe you're stuck because you're just trying to do the same thing over and over again. Maybe 
the next logical step is, okay, let's do something new. What can we do new? And so, you know, starting that, that conversation, let's think in those realms. Let's think in some new ideas. Let's start putting down some ideas when it comes to something new that we've never done before, that we can draw from other industries or that we can draw from other, um, you know, competitors and do better than they're doing at what we're doing. But we're just not doing that. They are, we're not. So let's do something new. Maybe we're just kind of stuck in this rut of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Do you have any um, good examples that, you know, um, for our listeners to, to sort of like take it home and how can they, like, let's say if, if you're talking about branding or you're talking about, you know, online visibility, um, how can this be applied? Well, I, I, I had uh, somebody that I talked to recently. They, um, they were a maid surface, uh, service. They, um, you know, went in and they like cleaned your house. Like, I mean, they got up into the raft. I mean, they just like, super cleaned your house, made it beautiful, made it amazing. Um, just like you could eat off every surface. I mean, it was really, really good. But they've kind of been in this place of, okay, everybody's at home now. Like, what do we do with our business now that we can't go into houses, you know, because people are in their houses. And so I suggested that to them, I said, well, you don't need to change what you do. Maybe you need to change where you do it. And so I said, here's, some, here's something new to think about everybody's offices are now empty. So you can actually go and clean and do deep cleans for office spaces and just start contacting some of these, um, you know, office uh, offices in the area that all their employees are now working from home and they can like come back when they finally come back, they come back to a refreshed and brand new and cleaned up office. And so for them, it was thinking of where can we do what we're doing in a new category, in a new area. And so, so that would be one way to kind of do something new when it comes to your business is maybe it's not what you're doing that you're changing, it's where you're doing it or how you're doing it or, you know, and, and so doing it something differently and, and new that you've never done before. Yeah, this is very timely, actually, with 2020 kind of conversation, because a lot of businesses are forced to pivot because of mm -hmm. because their normal place of work is with people or you know, as for example, in this case, you know, when people are not there um, and it's brilliant way. And I think that the first it's, it's like focus on solutions straight away. First step is what can you do new? So what's the second step? Right. Okay. So the second step is what can you renew? And so this is where the word re renew do comes. And so, you know, there's a lot of ideas that, you know, we might've done at a, at an earlier point, an earlier point of time, that um, died for, for whatever reason they died. The budget wasn't there. Um, the idea wasn't fully fleshed out. Um, you know, it, uh, it was, it was uh, you know, maybe it was broken in some way. It wasn't quite doing what it needed to do. It wasn't the right solution, but it was a really good idea. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, like when the internet first came out, you know, in the nineties, there were lots of really, really great ideas that people were putting out there. I mean, they were doing flash websites with all these great functionality. They were doing all these wonderful services of, you know, home delivery this and, you know, this kind of service and that kind of service, but the world wasn't ready for it. You know, the, the, the world, you know, people were, didn't trust buying stuff online. You know, they didn't, um, you know, I remember the first thing I bought online, it was like, so is somebody gonna steal my credit card and I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> And so, so the world wasn't ready for that idea at that point in time, but maybe they're ready for it now. And so renew is to look at what are some things, some discussions we've had 
in the past? What are some things that we've talked about in the past that, you know what, we need to maybe dust that off and just do it, do it now. Maybe now is the right time. A perfect example for this is I read a story and I think it was a video that I saw about the, the iPad. Um, you know, the, the um, iPhone came out first and, um, and then later on the iPad came out. But um, the story that was told was that the iPad was actually invented first. And so once, once Steve Jobs saw that the technology could be put into that kind of form factor, he said, well, let's make it smaller. You know, let's, let's go even smaller on this. And, and they, they shelved the iPad and said, okay, let's, let's put out the iPhone. And it went over well. It got people used to the whole doing everything with your fingers without a stylus. You know, I used to have the old trio. I remember the whole pecking and learning, learning a whole new language of how to write stuff. You know, but then suddenly we're using our fingers for everything and, and it worked and people liked. And they said, okay, now it's time for the iPad. And so you know, th there are times that you might have something that you've worked on in the past that it's just time to renew that, just to freshen it up, clean it up, you know, upgrade it, do whatever it is, but just maybe there's an idea that you thought was dead, but you just need to bring back to life. That is a brilliant That's example as well. Actually, I don't know if you remember, but I remember before the iPhone, there was an iTouch, which is kind of like I the iPad, but that. small. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah because I, have... I, I remember because I had an iTouch and then a friend of mine bought an iPhone and I was so jealous forever. I will <laughs> never forget that, that iTouch um, that I had. And then I put it somewhere in my house and I, up to this day, I do not know where it went. It just got oh. lost in, in, in the debris <laughs> of the house. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, but this is an interesting, interesting example. Actually, I am looking at, I have another example of a similar thing. What you mentioned about the websites early in the, you know, early 2000s, that when they started taking online payments and people were like freaking out, they were not easy to use as well. They were very dodgy in a way and complicated. Right, right, and so there's right. a whole generation of people now, you know, especially people in their 50s, 60s, who are completely terrified of, still of shopping online because right, yeah. the first experience was was back in those days and, and right, it wasn't right. secure and it wasn't you know anything like that and i have a client who is a boutique owner she's herself in in her 60s and now the boutique is closed so she's doing a lot of videos and she's selling a lot and she's starting to retrain these ladies who is also in that kind of age group to use your website so she's created a video how this is how you shop on the website really really clear instructions yeah, you know yeah, she's, yeah. she's constantly creating this um you know like just a level of trust with the videos when she's saying our website is so secure you can you know absolutely we don't hold your credit card information so and mm. her sales went through the roof even in the right, lockdown right. even when you would think that she, that her business would be so, suffering so much she is absolutely happy with the business and right, that's another right. example of of renewing and you know she had a website they just didn't buy from the website and now it's busy 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 right and i had i had a, a friend of mine that i, I shared with him uh, he shared with me some of his passions and some of the things that he had done and i encouraged him to pursue those he, he had had a dream all his life to start his own music school where he would uh, teach children and young adults how to play instruments and he had kind of let that dream die you know he just thought it's i'm kind of getting older i'll never get to do that it's passed me by and i said man you need to renew that that dream, that, that vision. And so renewing has so many levels of, you know, that sometimes a dream has died that you just need to renew that dream and say, okay, now's the time. Like maybe, maybe I wasn't prepared mentally, 
you know, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever, I wasn't prepared for that thing. And maybe I thought it even died and, and, it was, and life has passed me by. But you need to maybe renew that, that dream and renew that vision and say, maybe now is the time. Maybe now is my kids have gotten older or I'm more mature. Or I'm at a better place or I've got more experience. Maybe I need to renew that passion or that dream that I once had. And now's the time to do it. And so it has a lot of levels of application. It's brilliant that you mentioned this because a lot of people hit a certain age and then they put themselves on the shelf. So mm -hmm. this part is also um, self-empowering. And uh, yeah, saying, hey, is. what matters to me? What always matters to me? I love right. this. Right, right. And so, so that's, that's an encouragement for those that, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, now with everything that's gone on, you know, it's going to be a very different world that we're going to come out to. Um, at, at the end of this. And so maybe now is the time to renew that, that dream that you once had, you know, maybe now during this time, you could even do some additional training or learning or whatever, and just renew that, that passion and that vision that you once had in your life. It's so true. That, brilliant. So we have, we have, what can you do now? What can you renew? What's the next step? What can you redo? Um, sometimes, and that's where I got renew do it's, it's basically those three words kind of shuffled around. Um, but what can you redo? Um, you know, sometimes so, uh, uh, something might fail or you might, uh, it might not have worked because it just, the execution wasn't good. You know, um, you know, there, there's creativity, there's execution. And sometimes between the idea and the execution is where there's failure. You know, there's, there's something went wrong. And so um, maybe you need to redo what, what you once tried doing because what you, the way you did it, the way you executed it, it just wasn't the right, it wasn't done the right way. And so um, redoing it means, you know, just, just take a look at it, take it apart, see, okay, where did it, that vision, where did that, uh, that program, where did that training, where did that business, where did it fail? And let, let me redo that. Maybe it's not quite as dead as I thought it was, Maybe I just need to redo it, but redo it better. And so, you know, sometimes that's, that's simply with, you know, um, you know, technology does this all the time. You know, we build a product, we test it, we put it out in the marketplace. Uh, it totally fails. Let's, let's redo this. Let's, let's start from scratch. Let's scratch the entire thing and let's redo it. You know, app, even Apple, I keep bringing up Apple because they've just kind of been incredible over the, you know, in, in the 2000s. But um, even with MP3 players, um, you know, the early MP3 players um, were terrible. Um, and Apple said, you know, well, we can redo those in a better form factor, uh, way easier to use, um, simplified. Um, and they just kind of took over the market. And so they took somebody else's idea and said, let's redo that, but let's redo it in a better way. And so uh, that's where redoing comes from is, is sometimes there's an idea that, it didn't fail because it was a bad idea. It failed because it was executed badly or it failed because the timing was wrong or maybe the audience wasn't there. You know, there's several reasons why it could have failed, but maybe it's time to redo it. Just, just don't do it the exact same way. Do it better, do it um, more streamlined, do it faster, do it smarter, whatever that looks like, but redo it. I love it. I actually just literally this year, I redid my, my mastermind, my membership group and uh, exactly what you said. Sometimes you create something and the idea is really good, but it, the audience might not be there, especially if you're, you know, um, if it's an online membership group, sometimes you start too early or your brand status is not yet as appealing, you know, to, for people to, to go into a recurring, um, 
form of, of, of being, uh, getting your support and things like that. And, and so redoing it, but then you have to think about, okay, what didn't work? How can we tweak it? What did these people want? If you look at everything you've done as a test and not as a failure, it's a completely right. different attitude and I love, I love this step. So yes, wonderful. Um, so that's right. three ways. And you were saying there was four. All right. The final one is what I used to call do-do, um, uh, but now I call don't do. <laughs> um, because there, there are some things that are do-do. There are some things that you just need to stop doing. Um, yeah, a lot of businesses fail because they keep trying to do what they've always done in the exact same way. And they've got to come to a point where they realize, okay, there are some things that I don't do. There are some things that have just, the, the idea is wrong. The timing is wrong. It's kind of out, outlived its value. It's no longer relevant. Um, I just need to stop doing it. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, they tr just try doing a lot of stuff. You know, I do this and then I also do this, 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 you know, as opposed to just focus and saying, okay, this is what I do. And so sometimes, you know, when you're stuck, it's because you're doing so, so, so much and you've got you've to take time to stop and say, okay, what are some things that I just need to stop doing? What, what are some things that are not profitable? They're, they're not ready. You know, maybe they're, good, they're a good idea. They're just not ready. I just need to stop doing that for now. And maybe I need to redo it or renew it later on. But I just need to stop and focus a little better now. And so a lot of companies get really um, uh, messed up because they're just doing so much. Uh, I can't remember the name of the fast food place. Um, but I, I remember hearing a story of a fast food place that said, you know what? We've been offering fish, fish sandwiches. We're offering hot dogs. We're offering all these 50 different kinds of shakes. Do you know what? We're just going to do hamburgers. We're going to do fries. We're going to do a Cokes or sodas. And we're going to do, um, and that's it. We're not doing anything else. And I remember the first time I went to the uh, drive-thru and I asked for a milkshake. They're like, we don't do milkshakes. Do you want fries? Do you, do you want you know, uh, a drink and you want a burger and here's three different burgers. And so some businesses have actually grown by doing less. And so, so that's where the don't do is, is there's some things that you just got to absolutely stop doing to grow your business or to move your business further because you're just doing too much. I, I absolutely love it. I actually just recently, I witnessed a um, on a coaching call, uh, my sales mentor talking to one of you know his best students who just crossed the seven-figure mark, you know, last year, mm -hmm. and he asked her, "Sips, what's the takeaway?" what was the difference between when you were making $150,000 versus now that you're making, you know, million dollars a year. And she said exactly that. She said, I had too many offers. I was follow, I was doing too many things and I was not focusing. And now I just have two offers, you know, mm -hmm. or like two yeah. and a half, whatever it way, but it was two main, two main offers. And that's all they were focusing on. And I thought to myself, how often do we try to bend backwards? Because it, it happens almost from this, you know, mindset of lack. And it's like, oh, if I, but I'm going to miss out. I can also offer this, but I, I'm going to miss out on them. And there's this clarity is missing on who actually you serve best and who you really mm -hmm. enjoy working with. And then these people will enjoy working with you and just do what they think that you're good at and they want. Mm -hmm. right. And it makes such a huge difference um, at every level. 
you know, from simply like eliminating nightmare clients, which say in coaching business is such a, such a pain, uh, affects the rest of your life to just feeling like, you know, something is happening. It's profitable. It's scalable. Um, and it actually just creates that life work balance that we're looking for and you're not overwhelmed. So I absolutely right, love right. it. I think that this is something that, um, especially guys, if you're starting, well, maybe you've been doing what you're doing for a while, but it's not, you know, you don't, you lack that clarity. Less is more. Less is definitely right. more. Right. Well, one of the things that I, I decided a long time ago when I, when I had my agency and when I, you know, had my own business is that I was going to grow my strengths and delegate my weaknesses, you know, because I knew that if I worked really, 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 really hard at some stuff, I'd get average at it, you know? Mm. So, and I, and I realized why work really, really, really hard to get averages at things. Why not just get really good at what you're really good at and what you like and what you enjoy. And so that's part of the don't do is I, I, you know, now with my business is if I need something done that is outside of the realm of my capabilities, I don't fake it. I just hire somebody that's like really good at what they do, that that's their superpower. That's what they really enjoy doing. And I focus on what I'm really good at. And that way I, I give to the clients exactly what they need, the best solution, not one that I just came up with because I desperately wanted the work and I, I'll do it for you. You know, I can, ha I can handle that when I gave them an average solution where I could have given them an amazing solution. That, that is so, uh, it's, it's true. And that's what makes the business uh, customer focused and the actual, mm -hmm. just, this is what leading with value is when you really truly care about your clients and customers and what are they getting out of it? And you're not doing it just to get another client on your books. Right. Huge right. difference. I think in the way how businesses are run, especially in the world of branding, web design, graphic design, or any mm -hmm. kind of dis mm -hmm. digital marketing services. So guys, this is something like if you're thinking about hiring someone, think about how they are, um, what efforts are they making, you know, in terms of your benefits and putting you at the center of what they're doing as well. So Absolutely. speaking of which, where can uh, people find out about you? Well, I'm, I'm all over the place, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, you know, if you look but in for a Bapa, good sense. yes, yes. If you, and it seems like I'm all over the place. I'm just all over the place consistent. And that's part of branding is, is not only just being everywhere, but being everywhere consistent because it just makes it feel like you're bigger and more everywhere than you really are. Um, and so if you look up VOPA, V-O-P-P-A, um, on most social platforms, that's, you, that's where you'll find me. Um, on Facebook under VAPA, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, everything is just VAPA, uh, V-O-P-P-A, uh, as well as my website is just VAPA.com. Perfect. I'm going to put the link in the description. So guys, you can click on this link now and go check out the website and get to know Paul better, follow his profiles, like his pages and yeah, stay in touch, stay genuinely in touch because I absolutely loved this interview, the ideas and the system, and it all makes perfect sense. Simple things that make perfect sense. Those are the things that work. You know, right, it's, right. it's not the fancy things that, that, you know, very complicated. And I find that a lot of times we, we look for this complicated answer, but actually the simple things like, what can you do new? What can you renew? What you, what can you do, you know, redo right. uh, what, yeah. what you shouldn't be doing really. And right. these are simple questions, but they create the biggest results in my personal experience as well. So I completely testify <laughs> that this is, right. this is something right, yeah. that works. Paul, thank you so much for being my lovely oh, guest welcome. today. You're welcome. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on.
Thank you. It was, it was an honor. And guys, I will see you next week on another episode of Show Up, Stand Out. See you until then and see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Show Up, Stand Out with me, your host and your online visibility strategist, Juliet Stapleton. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you're ready to be more visible and create an impact, check out julietstapleton.com to see how I can support you on this journey and help you show up fearlessly and with ease.